Yo, 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 what's good? This is Chan Man, House of Barf, what's popping? A lot of good things going on, um, and other things, uh, but nothing too bad, you know, nothing too crazy. Um, I really don't even believe in good and bad, to be honest. Um, I just believe in trials and tribulations and uh, moments that you should uh, enjoy the, the, the small successes. Um, so, things are going well. Um, uh, working on my project. Um, got some notes for some some people about, uh, again, my project. I'm, I'm, um, uh, since being jobless, uh, been thinking about uh, just putting little projects together to kind of build my brand a little bit. So, got the podcast. Also putting a little um, children's book together. Hopefully I can get this out soon. Uh, just little things that hopefully I can start bringing in some income so that I, I can start, you know what I'm saying, uh, get back to, you know, uh, contributing to these bills and contributing to the house um, and whatever else, uh, you know, my, my partner, me and my partner, my, my uh, little ones need. Um, got some exercise yesterday. Um uh, I live in the bush, you know, uh, I live in the woods. Um, and, uh, I was, I was exercising in the middle of the woods, uh, out here in Maryland, like, you know, when you're jobless, you can really work out at, you know, odd hours. Like you can work out at like 3 PM or 4 PM, but the sun is still up and it's hot as shit. Uh, so you go to these parks that are in like the middle of the woods. Fantastic. It doesn't matter if it's two 30, uh, th- those trees provide so much shade, you're good, other than it just being hot. Um, so working out in the middle of the woods, um, and I have allergies. And, and, and I know people, there's a lot of people, I don't know, uh, that don't believe in allergies. They're like, oh, yeah, that's bullshit, allergies, you you weak man. What are allergies? Uh, you know, and I'm like, dog, it's when you can't fucking breathe or think. Cause your head is so congested, you know? Um, so, uh, my allergies are bothering me right now. I, I honestly took two of my, uh, daily allergy pills. I was like, fuck it. I'm, I'm getting this out of here, man. I'm tired. And I know it is like the first couple of days I work out. It's like my system is like, you know, it's like clearing everything out. Uh, so, uh, if I go, if I, I'm not sure if I'm gonna work out again today, like that's the thing about like working out, uh, when you don't like for me, uh, okay. So this is another thing I was talking to a, a buddy of mine's, um, and they were talking about, you know, chance, sometimes you could work on your adjusting, you know, like you like everything to be a certain way before you can, uh, produce. And if it's not that certain way, you'll just throw your hands in the air and be like, fuck it. I don't give a shit, whatever y'all want to do. And then when you move forward the whole time, you're sitting there, Ugh. Should have did it my way. Ah, fine, if this is the way y'all want to go. So, got to work on adjusting. So, like, with, you know, the schedule and everything, you know, finding time to, like, work out uh, is kind of, like, hard for me because uh, either it's at, whew, it had to be either at about 4 a.m. in the morning to about 5 p.m., get home about 5 p.m. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, 4 a.m. in the morning, get home about 5 a.m., get myself ready, start getting everything ready. Or it'd be around like 10, 11 o'clock at night. And, and and I know it's laziness, but both of those hours suck. You know, um, I like to get my workouts done in the morning. I do. Uh, 
uh, now being jobless, I knew you would say, well, you got all the time to work. Like, nah, nah, dog. Nah, I'm, I'm an active parent. I'm, I'm, I'm active. And I'm not saying there's other people who aren't like LeBron James can be a billionaire. LeBron, um, LeBron James can be a good husband and what blah, blah, blah. Ray Lewis, all these like hall of fame superstars. If they can do it, your ass can do it. But there's a big difference. Like, uh, it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, right now, self-care is kind of taking a back seat. I basically right now I've been focusing on my responsibilities, uh, going to work on that. Uh, but other than that, uh, you know, do well uh, this past weekend. Um, actually, uh, did a little bit of um, a little virtual church. Uh, I go to virtual church. I've been going to virtual church for like two or three years now. Uh, I just kind of been like, man, I really don't feel like going back in the building. And it's very important to get back in the building. It's very important to get outside because uh, one thing I always say is you can educate yourself, but what's a perfect learning environment? School. You can always study by yourself. But what's a perfect studying environment? A library. You can always work out at home by yourself, but what's a perfect workout environment? A gymnasium um, and, and such and such. So um, uh, you, you, you can read the Bible and you can, you know, study spiritual enlightenment by yourself. But what's a perfect area for that temple? Uh, church, whatever it is, because not only are you you studying um, uh, the word and everything, you're also fellowshipping and testifying with your brothers and sisters, which is very important. Uh, but I kind of just been lazy and just been rocking with uh, virtual. I'm not trying to be rude or anything. When I like, I consider myself like, um, like uh, I don't know, uh, the Irishman or something like you put me on a job that shit getting done you know what i'm saying uh and not even that people will want you to come back more and more and more i'm telling you like when i get a new job people tell me all the time chan like yeah i, I was working with you this is like my first couple of days on the job right and uh i'm just looking at the the, the software the systems what we're going to be doing what information we're going to be working with blah 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 and uh you know usually you may get a mentor uh, you may not get anybody. I don't know. Jobs fucking suck these days. Um, but uh, I'll be working with, let's say they get, I get a mentor. Mentor would be like, dog, Chan, like, I can tell you're going to blow right past all this shit. Like, if you get the right leadership, because you could get a dickhead, you know, a hater, somebody who don't really got no experience dealing with leadership, somebody who doesn't really have experience dealing with people of color, somebody who doesn't really... um Really, I don't know, just doesn't fuck with you. So as long as you got the right leadership around you, you should be okay. Um, but yeah, one, it, it, they would even say, Chan, as soon as they start seeing that you can blow past this shit, it, it's going to go in a couple different ways. Either you're going to be a part of everything or they're going to try to shut your shit down. So you should probably, which I do do, I, I'm serious, like, I don't really expose myself. I really don't put myself out there. Uh, I'm really what I consider an under-the-radar type person. Like, you know what I'm saying? I think they say if you fly around 4,000 feet, uh, the radar can't pick you up. Uh, that's how uh, I think Escobar did so well. Uh, he figured that out. So he always flew his planes, you know, under about 4,000 feet. Um, 
there's I think there's even a story of one time when he accidentally went and hit like four thousand feet and like dropped back down like before it was like uh too late or something. Um, but I'm one of those people. I stay under the radar. I do not like want to bring too much attention to myself. So even if I go to like I'm not trying to be rude or anything, but if I go to a church, I give it about two or three times before somebody's going to start saying, okay, you're not just going to be participating in this church, coming to get your word, you know, shake a hand to the left, shake a hand to the right. Nah, you, we got a youth, um, leadership program and, uh, pastor, uh, such and such is leading it. And we would like you to work with pastor John on the youth leadership program or, or reading stories to the five, six years old, whatever. It's only going to be a matter of time. And, uh, last thing, what happens is when that happens, then people start figuring you out and your vices and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? So, for example, um, you know, they'll start seeing me coming in and out of uh, different bars or lounges and clubs. And it's like, oh, Chan, like, oh, man, you drink or whatever. But like, yeah, man, you know, I enjoy myself a drink. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh man, we gotta work on that. And look at your 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 your, your body, man. It's getting all sloppy and fat, and you know you gotta get that stuff together. And be like, oh man, here we go. Like, I can never just catch a break. But I just, I I really know that it's God uh, looking out for me because, like, any moment I always just try to be by myself. I say, you know what? I ain't fucking with nobody today. I'm being by myself. Somebody out of the blue just comes out of nowhere. They just, I don't know, it could be like a bird. They just come out of nowhere. They come up, bang, run, run into the back of my house or run into my wife's car or something and be like, damn, fuck, the fuck. And then uh, I'll be like, yo, you good? Everything okay? So, oh, yeah, I'm good, man. Hey, are you Chan? Like, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Chan. Oh man, I seen you at such and such lounge, man. I've been meaning to talk to you, man. Like, what are you talking about, man? Yeah, that night, man, you were wild. You were wilding, man. Like, oh, I was. Oh, you don't remember? Uh, clear? No, I, I, I don't. Um, well, I'm glad I ran into you. Uh, and then I'm just like, I'm like, God, God is good. God is working. Like, he, I know God. God is like, no, you're, you're my child. Uh, God chooses you. You don't choose God. When God chooses you and he puts that blood on you, you, you are a child of God. It don't matter where you go. It don't matter what you do. You could be in the, in the most remote jungle in the Congo. And there's going to be, um, I don't, there's going to be something to come out and just wants to talk to you and, 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 and socialize with you. Humans aren't meant to be alone. Uh, socialization is a part of life. Um, now me on the other hand, I do think I'm a loner, hence why I'm doing a podcast with just me and my mic, uh, like Aaron Neville. Um, but yeah, one thing when I went to church real quick was, uh, they were discussing love. Um, and I'm not sure if that's going to be what I'm going to talk about today. Uh, but they were discussing love and how love is a choice. Uh, love is not this emotion that you get, which, you know, I'm not trying to knock it for the youngins, um, because that's who also I want to speak to. And I know sometimes youngins feel that emotion of love. and um, But also, you know, they were just talking about how love is a choice. And love is not a choice when everything is going good all the time. Sometimes love is a choice when you're, you're on your last leg. You know, like, like for example, um, losing my job, arguing with my spouse, 
arguing with my in-laws, arguing with my friends, um, health. I, I don't even really want to go outside because my waistline is progressing. You know what I'm saying? So, like, sometimes you put on those pair of pants and your butt's all fat and sticking out, which, you know, I'm not knocking fat butts. That's not what I'm saying. But, like, you know, you're a man with hips. Not saying knocking men with hips. But, uh, you know, your hips all sticking out. You're like, oh, shit, man. I know I'm in here. As soon as I walk into the room, what up, fat boy? You know, it's like, oh, man, what up? Um, but when you go into those situations, you know what I'm saying, and uh, let's say somebody's just coming at you, that's the moment uh, to show love. You know what I'm saying? For um, whoever it is, your friend, your family, a neighbor, uh, some random individual. That's that moment to show love. That's love. That's compassion. Uh, You're going through a hard time. But for you to be able to uh, say, you you know, let's say you have a child that comes home, Kirkin, just just flipping out. um, And you're like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, this ain't going to happen in my house. Not today. Not today. Uh, And then, you know. You get the situation in order. You know what I'm saying? You treat the situation like a courthouse. In order. I need everything in order. Um, everything gets in order. You get your way. Everything is quiet. Uh, whoop-de-doo. Uh, and then a couple hours later, you find out that your kid had a rough day at school. They were getting bullied by some kids. You know, which that's what kids do. They bully. Um, and... You you feel like a bowl of hot shit. You're like, wow. If I would have just took two seconds. <coughs> I hear this guy I listen to. Um, Wallow. Uh, from a million dollars worth of game. And he said something one time where he was like, how many seconds? And what he was talking about was, how many seconds did it take you to end up in jail? You know. Um, I was also listening to this guy named, I think his name is Al Sadiq. He's a comedian. He's like, nobody plans on going to jail. I, I mean, not, I, I would say probably if I'm correct, I would say 99% of people don't plan on going to jail. There might be some gang gang shit where they like, Hey, we, we need you in jail. Cause we need you to run the house. Or there may be some like homeless person or somebody who's like, you know, not in the best situation. And they like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to punch a police officer in the face and go back to jail. Uh, I forget what they call it. Um, three hots in a cot or something. Um, so other than all that, I would say 99% of people do not plan on going to jail. You know what I'm saying? And um, it's how many seconds? How, you know, how many minutes? Now, just think about. 10, 20, 30 seconds of something that led to 10, 20 years of something or five years or one year or three months. It's still too long. Still too long. Um, You know, unless, you know, of course, you did some heinous crime or something. Still too long that we, we need to because also on the other end, it wasn't just 10, 20 seconds. It was a bunch of events that led up to that 10, 20 seconds, you know, um, whether it was the home environment, um, uh, the, the group of people you surrounded yourself around, uh, did you do your schoolwork? Did you come home, do your schoolwork or whatnot? And I know none of this has anything to do with house of barf. I really was just coming on touching base with my, with my people. Um, 
uh, just want to say uh, real quick. Uh, but yeah, it was about love. Love is a choice. And what I was thinking about, which we may touch on, was uh, love and money. Um, and not the love for money. Uh, I know that's another topic, the love for money, which, uh, you know, reviewing some Jewish Heritage Month stuff. Uh, one thing I realized is one huge thing between the Jewish people or uh, the uh, the people who study the religion or uh, the people who identify as Jewish, um, their um, perception on money is it's a blessing. Now, I'm not trying to say speak for all Christians or whatever. Um, however, Christians or it could be the black household, which I would say is kind of foundation is Christianity uh, and, and Muslim and you know, these other, I don't really know how Muslims look at money. Um, real quick. I just want to, let me just, what, what is, I don't really know the Muslim in, uh, intake on money. I do know like in Christianity, supposedly years ago, you weren't supposed to charge interest or anything, but let me see. I just want to take Muslims, um, uh, take on money. So one thing we saw in the Jewish, um, community was it wasn't so much about uh like giving your wealth away you know what i'm saying like see in the black community or, or the christian community you know uh black christian community i don't know um wealth is not it's not a sign of like i could be wrong it's not it's not like a good sign if you have a bunch of money, so there's kind of this thing real quick. I'm going on 20 minutes. There's kind of this thing that uh, the dumb and the poor will always be with us and not trying to assault anybody. But basically what it kind of means is um, if you're a smart person, you don't have the luxury of being smart and going to get yourself Pulitzer Prizes and everything. Yes. But if you're a smart person, you have a responsibility, a duty to your society, to use your wits and your cleverness and your creativeness to help the rest of society. Um, if you have a lot of wealth, uh, which I'm not saying that Jewish people don't have a lot of philanthropy and everything. Uh, I'm pretty sure because there's another part where they definitely, if I was correct while I was looking up some of Jewish heritage, where they definitely do give back to society and everybody has to be an active me member of society, but everybody has to give kind of back to their society. Not saying that everybody does, but kind of a few things. Christianity, you get wealth, you have a responsibility to give that back to your community. Uh, they, uh, there's like a saying, you won't find a hearse, uh, you won't find a U-Haul behind a hearse or something like that. So you piling up all this cash to give to your generations after you again we looked it up generational wealth only lasts typically about three generations usually by then you're going to have a cokehead child or uh irresponsible i'm kidding i'm kidding or it may just your business may get sold to another uh you know another corporation or something um so um uh that was one huge thing uh that hence why you always see black people giving back to their community you know do you go back to your hood? That's like a huge question right now. Do you go back to your hood? Um, and people will be like, yeah, I go back to my hood. I drop off money and I tend to leave. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, uh, yeah, I go back to my hood. But um, suppose they're like, yo, you should stop going back to your hood because trust me, you're going to get shot one day. Um, so just more so love and money.
not love for money because that's another thing christianities and blacks don't agree with is love for money uh you'll they say it's you know it's the root of all evil um but i don't think christianity and blacks ever tapped into how jewish people seem to tap into that money can be a form of a blessing from god you know if god is blessing you with you know financial literacy knowledge because it's better to teach a man how to fish than to feed him um with the financial literacy knowledge with with wealth um then it's you know uh listening you know to judaism uh for the month of may um i haven't been doing it every day but then it may be beneficial to say hey i'm blessed here you know, um, there was an incident with Joel Osteen where he had the opportunity. It fell in his lap. This couldn't have been a better opportunity for a Christian uh, to build his ministry. But I guess he has so many ministries and so many uh, so much money that he's like, you know what? I don't even need more. But uh, Joel Osteen uh, closes doors um, on hurricane victims. Uh, let me see if I can find this. Uh, let me see. Um, I, I think he eventually fixed it. Uh, but there was, um, there was an incident where if I'm correct, he closed his doors. Uh, uh, here, let me see real quick. Uh, oh my gosh, I've been talking for about 21 minutes. We're going on 22 minutes. Um, but yeah, uh, so I do want to talk about love and money and just more so. Um, this is five years ago. Uh, this is Young Turks uh, on YouTube. has been uh, more than 20 inches of rain reported. 300,000 people were left without power at various times. And more than 7,000 people uh, were evacuated and forced to stay at various shelters, including uh, the Brown Convention Center on Monday night. Now, I'm sorry, the George R. Brown Convention Center. Now, uh, the capacity of that convention center is about 5,000. Uh, however, there are varying reports indicating that there were between 7,000 to 11,000 people attempting to find shelter there. So the situation is dire. Let's go to graphic 27. Uh, one individual says that it's, quote, hell. He also says, all my stuff damaged. I have no clothes, no shoes, no clothing. So people are desperate to find shelter. And uh, unfortunately, there is very little room to house these individuals and keep them safe. So as a result, uh, there have been some public figures who have faced criticism for what appeared to be them closing the doors on the residents of Houston. Joel Olstein, who is uh, a very well-known prosperity gospel preacher, originally shut his doors to uh, residents of Houston. He lives in the area as well. However, uh, after criticism, it appears that he opened the doors to his gigantic church, which can house uh, 16,800 people and is now taking care of them. Now, on Sunday, Lakewood. Okay, and um, here, real quick, I, I don't like to do this to people. Uh, let's see if. Joel Osteen, he is one of America's most popular. If we could get uh, from Joel Osteen, let me see if I can find. Uh, let me see. Uh, here. Let's hear if Joel Olsen has anything to say. Thank you for joining us this morning. 
Uh, Pastor Orsino, let's get right to the controversy. We did see that post on Sunday from your church saying it was inaccessible. Yet so many weighed in showing that didn't seem to be the case. So what went wrong here? Well, George, first off, it, the building was inaccessible. The flood the floodwaters went down. I mean, this building flooded in 2001. It had 10 feet of water in the in the lower bowl, and we put up floodgates, and it kept it kept it from going over. It's only a foot away. But, you know, I, th I think, George, the narrative is that we didn't want to take people in or that we didn't open in time. It's, you know, it's totally not true. We were we were here for people. We were a shelter. We were taking people as soon as the as the floodwaters receded when several people came here to take them in. But uh, the city has a shelter four miles from here. We work with the city all the time and when their, when their shelter was totally full they started bringing people over here and here we are again today doing it like we did in 2001. Okay, so yeah, so you know um, just more so uh, talking about love and the emotion in money and it's very possible um, I, I think we heard uh, Brandon Marshall even say it during his uh, meeting with uh, Tyreek Hill if we could take the emotion out of money, the love out of the money, what possibly can happen? Um, so again, not much more of the love for money, but uh, so I've been talking for about 25 minutes uh, and let's just see. Maybe I may touch on something we may not. Uh, this is Chairman House of Barf. Yo, 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 what's good? This is Chairman House of Barf. Thank you to anybody, everybody decided to come kick it with your man Chan at the house. Uh, looking at CNBC.com. Believe it or not, we're talking about China. It's a great, important Nike, possibly decoupling from China. Um, more Nvidia, something with Nvidia. They, oh, they're going to reporting earnings tomorrow. Not have a homegrown chip sector that is at anywhere near the level. Uh, that ours is on the designing front or on the manufacturing front, which, of course, then takes you to TSMC in Taiwan. Uh, semiconductors are doing okay. Whether it's this desk or our desk back in the, back in the New York City. All right. It's approximately 9.07 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and, you know, since we're just on the topic, we're just talking about uh, the emotion and money. And one thing that I did skip over real quick, let me see. I wanted to see the Muslims intake on uh on finances very briefly um uh what is the muslims role for money uh let's just go ahead and um i'm gonna let uh this is investopedia.com islamic law considers money as a measuring tool for value and not an asset in itself therefore it requires that one should not be able to receive income from money alone Interest is deemed riba, and such practice is prescribed under Islamic law. Oh, okay. Working with Islamic finance, Investopedia. Okay, and, and that's just very brief. That was one sentence. No, uh, it was three. Um, so, that's one rule of money. Uh, is that you, I, I'm guessing you can't make your money work for you. Uh, so, for example, you put your money in investment and, uh, you know, receive money just for money. That's considered Reba. Okay. Uh, we'll take a look into that um, uh, another time. Um, one thing I want to take a look at is um, real quick. I'm going to keep I'm going to try to keep these short, really love 
Um, uh, let's see what is considered uh, uh, emo investing. Uh, and 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 uh, this is what we kind of want to address uh, a little bit. Um, is the emotion? Uh, let's see. Let's see if there's any uh, emotion and investing. Because, for example, if you buy a house, right? And I think there should be love in all things. Oh, and by the way, I got my bev right here, Kirkland's sparkling water lime. Um, um, emotional because you buy a home, you know, sometimes you. You, oh, goodness, I just spilled it all over myself. You want to buy a home because you want to think about your family. You know, you don't want to make every decision you make based on <clears throat> uh, lack of emotion or just rationale. So let's go ahead. This is counseling director. What is an example of, let's see. Um, let's see. Ex- let's go to experience. See what they want to say about emotional investing. How to avoid emotional investing, Experian. Experian, Experian, how to avoid... What is an example of emotional investing? What is emotional investing? Emotional investing involves letting emotions, rather than logic, drive your investment decisions. For example, fear of losses could spur you to bail out of the stock market at the first sign of a downturn and miss out on potential gains. May 3rd. 2023. Okay, so um, now I want to go to Scholar, Google Scholar. And again, I'm going to try to keep this, this short for the time being. Um, emotions and investments. And I want to go back to that uh, Experian article. Um... Real quick, because I want to see what what their advice was going to be on how to avoid emotional investing. Um, let's um, okay. So uh, a few of their recommendations to avoid emotional investing: um, think long term. Uh, while it's important to keep an eye on the investments, obsessing over daily ups and downs can lead to poor decisions. Diversify. Um, diversification will uh, definitely help you uh, avoid emotion because um, you, it won't be so volatile, hopefully. Uh, but if you're in a situation like um, Great Depression or COVID or, uh, I don't know, Black Monday or something, you know, who knows? Uh, dollar cost averaging, essentially, uh, you know, setting like a time where you uh, d- decide that you're going to, you know, once a month. You know, once every couple months, once a week, I'm going to put the same amount down every time, uh, no matter if the markets are going up and down. Uh, consider cost. Uh, let me see what this is. When evaluating potential changes to your investments, it's important to look beyond gains and losses. Um, for example, ETFs may charge as much as a $25 per trade. Okay, consider the cost. Get professional help. Um Okay, so going to Google Scholar, um, let me see. Um, 
emotional investment and the unconscious um, investment behavior and the negative side of emotion. Let's 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 look at the negative side of emotion. Uh, this is by B. Shiv G. Lonesting and A. Beckera. Uh, I'm sorry. Here, I'll, again, I'll let AI handle all that. Uh, let's see. This is a pretty. Let's see. Fifteen pages. Uh, but yeah. So, um, you know, you want to get a home. You're buying it for, you know, um. I'm just making up a, a situation. You know, you're a black mom. Or, you know, I'm just thinking, uh, or a Latino mom or Asian mom or white mom, whatever. Doesn't matter. I was just thinking, you know, you're a mom. And uh, shout out to all the single moms out there and single fathers, single parents. Um, you're a single parent. You're, um, you know, you're watching children and you've been, you know, in and out of family members' homes, in and out of hotels, motels. Uh, I don't even know if, if it even goes to the extent of shelters and I don't know, anything else. So you've been working your jobs uh, um, and uh, you finally saved up enough money to put on a down payment for a home. Um you know, it's. I think it's very important to have love because love in all things, I mean, it shows. That's why if you hear somebody say, man, what you put in this food? Love. And you can taste it. You know, you could you could feel in a home when there's love in the home. And typically, in my personal opinion, when there's love in a home, it means that the house is not the cleanest in the world. It could be clean, but there's always a little bit of a mess. And that little bit of a mess shows me that there's love in the home. To me, I'm not saying that's everybody. But that lets me know that the house is a living place. It's not sterile. Uh, everything's in place. And it, look, we all grew up where mom, grandma was like, uh-uh, no, you put that right back where it was supposed to be or something. And the house is full of love, but it's also very sterile. But I look around, you know, I'm like, oh, you can see some toys or you can see a magazine. Um, you know, oh, you can see some some hair on the toilet seat. Like, oh, okay. Um and you just know that, like, oh, this this is a house of of, of or, this is a home. Uh, so you know, you get the home, and you want to do, uh, um, you want to do a, a love purchase. You want to get the home. Hey, hey, children, um, this house is it's our house. And it's like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, you know. Um, um but what if? You know, it hits to a point where, let's say, the market, uh, you know, shoots up, skyrocket, sky high. That house you bought for two fifty, now is selling for about four fifty. You know, do you take that emotion uh, out of your your purchase uh, and say, you know what? Uh, yeah, um, this was a love purchase, but I also have to be logical and use my rationale. Uh, same thing with investing in the market um, or any other investments that are made, um, you know. So that's what I'm taking a look at. Uh, I don't have a perspective on it. If you had to ask me, I'm more of a love person. I'm like, you know what? Do If you want to hold on to that house, hold on to that house. But then who knows what happens? Property taxes go up. You're, you're unable to afford the property taxes and you get evicted. 
you know, so you may not want to listen to me, but yeah, I'm more of a love person and like, man, this world is cold, you know? Uh, so, um, I'm going to go ahead and take a quick look, uh, at the negative side of investing, uh, with your emotions here. Um, let me see if I can get AI to get started. I call it AI, but really it's just, uh, read aloud. Investment behavior and the negative side of emotion. Baba Shiv, University of Iowa, George Lowenstein, Carnegie Mellon University, Antoine Becquera, University of Iowa, Hannah Damasio, University of Iowa, Antonio R. Damasio, University of Iowa. Okay, seems a little biased. Uh, but uh, let's, I just want to take a look at some of these chapters. Um, uh, so it looks like here, uh, one of the questions, let me see, can dysfunction, uh, let me see, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, can dysfunction in neural systems subserving emotion lead under certain circumstances to more advantageous decisions to answer this question, we investigated how normal participants, normal controls, Patients with stable focal lesions in brain regions related to emotion, target patients, and patients with stable focal lesions in brain regions unrelated to emotion, patient controls, made 20 rounds of investment decisions. Target patients made more more advantageous decisions and ultimately earned more money from their investments than the normal controls and patient controls. When normal controls and patient controls either won or lost money on an investment round, they adopted a conservative strategy and became more reluctant to invest on the subsequent round, suggesting that they were more affected than target patients by the outcomes of decisions made in the previous rounds. Okay. Um, Okay, so... uh, Normal participants, normal controls, patients with stable focal lesions in brain... Regions related to emotions, target patients. Okay, so target patients made more advantageous decisions and ultimately earned more money. So patients, uh, regions related to emotion. Okay, Uh, when normal controls and patient controls, patient controls is... Uh, patients with stable focus lesions and brain regions unrelated to emotion. Okay. Um, uh, let's go. Uh, when normal controls and patient controls either won or lost money on an investment round, they adopted a conservative strategy and became more reluctant to invest on subsequent rounds. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. Okay. So it sounds like from their research, emotional investing was actually uh, uh, more positive. Um, and it sounds like, I'm not trying to be offensive, basically because they possibly could have just been a dumbass, uh, but it ended up working out in the long run. Uh, you know, compared to it looked like their more uh, logical person uh, took a more conservative approach and wanted to protect that principle so they ain't lose shit. But at the end of the day, they ended up losing more money. Uh, so, um, as much as I said I'm an emotional person, I can also see myself being kind of a hybrid 
where I'm like, okay, uh, these investments are are doing bad. Let's uh, let's lower our uh, our amount in equities and let's increase our amount in uh, fixed income up until we can find you know something you know. And I can see it all the time with um, these investors who I'm sorry to say, I man, this shit pisses me off. Who think they're like Warren Buffett? I'm like, shut the fuck up. Okay, don't sit here and talk to me about, oh, yeah, yeah, did you see, I don't know, I don't know, uh, uh, interest rates are going to be rising, so that's going to be creating less GDP, oh, yeah, we got it, Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and sell my portfolio, it's like, okay, I got you, I got you, you know, it's like, and what do they do all the time, they do it every fucking time, they never learn from their mistakes, they pull out of the market because they're, they're oh, yeah, oh, oh, Trump's going into office. Oh, yeah, I'm getting the hell out of here. I got a buddy from uh, Denmark. He said he's leaving the country. Ah, uh, shut up. Your buddy from Denmark was probably going to leave anyways. Or they already own two or three homes, and they just say, hey, I haven't visited my home in Denmark in a while. I need to go visit it. Um, um Oh, the election. You know, it's an election year. Uh, it's always time to get out of the market. Or... Or uh, sell in May and stay away. <laughs> All right, we got you. We got you. I get you. I got you. Great. But what do they always do? They do it every single time. They do it every single time. And I, I'm not saying I help people, but the reason why I know that this shit happens every time is because sometimes say like, hey, John, you know, hey, Chan, man, what do you think, man? What do you, what do you think? What you got going on? And um, I'll tell you, for the last few years, I'll say, man, I, I just kind of been holding if if not even just holding, buying at the bottom, um, you know, I'm in a fucked up situation right now. Uh, I can't really, um, you know, afford to uh, liquidate. I, I should have liquidated uh, during the height of COVID. Actually, the end of 2019, I think there was, I think December 2019 was bad. But Well, that probably was about going into COVID. But I think even the year before COVID, it was like 2018, it was like some random shit. The market just crashed. So then the market's trucking back. Boom, 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 boom. And then COVID hits the next year or something like that. And it was just devastating. So, you know, getting crushed. I'm just sticking with it. Um, but um, real quick, been talking for about 16 minutes, 17 minutes. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. Take a little bit of this emotional investing. One thing that it seems that we saw was uh, from these people's studies, the people who made um, unemotional investments were uh, more successful monetary. Um, However, they do have a contrast. And uh, we'll just take a quick look at it. Uh, This is Chairman House of Barf. Thank you so much to anybody and everybody who decided to come kick it with your man, Chairman, at the house. Uh, We were just taking a look at emotion and investing. Uh, random, you know, kind of got me into like, you know, understanding, uh, uh, it's 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, market's just, uh, now opening, uh, let's see what they're talking about on cnbc.com, this is just what I use. That Jensen Wong from NVIDIA has talked about, said, you know, he, he labored in the vineyards with AI for five, six years, and then suddenly with chat GPT, it just exploded, and it's only been three months, so... I'm talking about AI. Um, the thing that kind of got me, like, you know, aware of my money, you know, just kind of like how to make decisions was this game uh, back in the day on my TI-83. Uh, it was called Pimp. And 
um, you had to make decisions. Um, oh, man, terrible game. I don't even want to say it. But it, this was on my TI-83. There was another game. I think it was called, like, Drug Lord uh, or something like that. But essentially, uh, there, there was Pimp, uh, Drug Lord or something. And essentially, you would buy things. Here, let me see who's at the opening bell. There's some company called Cohort. Let me see. Coherent. Coherent and at the NASDAQ freight transportation company, CSX, as we see the breath fill in here, Jim. A lot of discussion this morning about, to your point about Microsoft, the spread in valuation between tech and the broader market. Well, it's just, it's become back to what happened after 2011. That was the beginning of FANG. And we are, uh, at that point, it was Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google. But we're beginning to see uh, the banks, and I regard these companies as banks. I think he so forgot one. I think, I think it was Apple. Or did he say? Because when you look at their balance sheets and you look at their earnings, you can just say, I like their paper more than I like, yes, treasuries. I mean, we're not concerned about the coupon paying off at Microsoft, for heaven's sake. So I do think that this is, that this is going to continue. These companies have an edge, and the, the okay. alternative is to uh not exactly sure what he was talking about but um uh i think he's just basically saying that uh uh i guess possibly something about a spread buying a spread yeah but those games what they would do is like so you would have to like i don't know let's say i can see right now uh they're in santa barbara california on cnbc.com so so let's say you had to go to uh i don't know oakland and pick up uh i don't know i can't remember all the but let's just say, for example, pick up some hoes or pick up some drugs, and then you would uh, have to drive uh, to like I don't know Santa Barbara or something, and you would have to you know sell them. Um, so just how would you be playing this game in the middle of class? Uh, and um, I would be playing this game, and eventually people would see me playing this game, be like, "Oh, can I play with you?" But yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know, we download it on there. I show them how to download on the TID3. I can't even remember how to do that shit anymore. Uh, but they would play, and they would notice that with me just chilling, I, I was just making great decisions um, and, uh, and and making money. And uh, they'd be like, how did you make that much money in, in 30, 45 minutes, however long class was? And I only made this much. And I was like, well, I mean, what did you do? You know, see, see, you're going to the wrong part of town to pick up your drugs. You can't pick up your drugs in the suburbs and then drive to the suburb. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you got to go to the city. Here, come on, you know. Uh, so uh, let's just take a look at, uh, again, this experiment of uh, emo and um, investing and kind of just see what they say. Round. The task consisted oh. of 20 round procedure at the beginning of the task. Each participant was endowed with $20 of play money, which they were told to treat as real because they would receive a gift certificate for the amount they were left with at the end of the study. Participants were told that they would be making several rounds of investment decisions and that, in each round, they had to make a decision between two options, invest $1 or not invest. If the decision were not to invest, they would keep the dollar and the task would advance to the next round. If the decision were to invest, they would hand over a dollar bill to the experimenter. The experimenter would then toss a coin in plain view of the subject. 
If the outcome of the toss were heads, 50% chance, then they would lose the $1 that was invested. If the outcome of the toss were tails, 50% chance, then $2.50 would be added to the participant's account. The task would then advance to the next round. Okay, so I'm just going over this very briefly. And sometimes with these, like, uh, with these, you know, these guys are, and these women are running tests. But sometimes it's just fun to do some of these things. Like, I would say even with family members um, to, you know, just have a little fun. Um, I'm just going to go straight to the conclusion. Uh, may not read the whole thing, but I'm just going to jump to the conclusion uh, for, you know, like, I, I noticed on my analytics, the shorter episodes tend to get more spins. Longer episodes tend to get less spins. So I'm trying to work on that. 67.5. P equals 0.16. Oh, These results. Conclusions. 11. The results of this study support our hypothesis that patients with lesions in specific components of a neural circuitry critical for the processing of emotions would make more advantageous decisions than normal subjects when faced with the types of positive expected value gambles that most people routinely shun. Okay, so if I'm correct, and I didn't read shit about this, basically, essentially... um. Emotional investors tend to make more money than uh, logical and rational investors because when faced in certain circumstances, emotional people tend to try to go for the home run. They're just like, yo, they just want the best. They don't really think much about um, the investment or whatever. Their, their, Their system is not wired that way. You know, uh, they're like, hey, if I, if I got the opportunity to make a million dollars, you know, I'll, I, that's what I'm going to do. Compared to a logical person would say, I would, uh, it's this question in business or you know, investing is uh, the time value of a dollar. Uh, would you rather a dollar today or would you rather $2 tomorrow? And don't quote me, uh, if, um, but I would say an emotional uh investor would say just meet me tomorrow i'll take the two dollars uh a logical person would say um it's more valuable for me to take the dollar today and try to flip it uh instead of waiting on your promise tomorrow that which may not never come so uh that's what i'm that's what i'm getting from what i just heard what they just the way they just said it was way too confusing, but that's what I think that they were trying to say. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, keep letting AI read. Sean. Such findings lend support to theoretical accounts of risk-taking behavior that posit a central role for emotions. Lowenstein et al., 2001. Most theoretical models of risk-taking assume that risky decision-making is largely a cognitive process of integrating the desirability of different possible outcomes with their probabilities. However, recent treatments have argued that emotions play a central role in decision-making under risk. Mellers, Schwartz, and Ridov, 1999, Slavic, Finnecane, Peters, and McGregor, 2002. The finding that lack of emotional reactions may lead to more advantageous decisions in certain situations lends further support to such accounts. 
Our results raise several issues related to the role of emotions in decision-making involving risk. It is apparent that neural systems that subserve human emotions have evolved for survival purposes. The automatic emotions triggered by a given situation help. The normal decision-making process by narrowing down the options for action either by discarding those that are dangerous or endorsing those that are advantageous. Emotions serve an adaptive role speeding up the decision-making process. However, there are circumstances in which a naturally occurring emotional response must be inhibited so that a deliberate and potentially wiser decision can be made. The current study demonstrates this dark side of emotions in decision-making. Depending on the circumstances, moods and emotions can play useful as well as disruptive roles in the process of making advantageous decisions. It is important to note that Goodness gracious. Go ahead. Keep going. That previous 12 Experiments that demonstrated a positive role of emotion in decision-making involved Tasks of decisions under ambiguity, i.e. The outcome is unknown, Becker et al., 1997. In the present experiment, the patients were tested using tasks of decisions under uncertainty, i.e., the outcome is risky, but it is defined by some probability distribution. We do not know at this point whether the neural mechanisms for decisions under uncertainty and ambiguity draw upon different neural processes, so that emotion is disruptive to one mechanism, but not the other. Regardless, it is not a simple issue of trusting emotions as the necessary arbiter of good and bad decisions. It is a matter of discovering the circumstances in which emotions can be useful or disruptive and using the reasoned coupling of circumstances and emotions as a guide to human behavior. Wow. Uh... All right, we're going to get ready to wrap this up. That was tremendous stuff. Uh, I don't know these people. I don't know a lot of people. I don't know, you know, but I thought that was okay. So essentially, um, people with logic and rationale from what I'm getting, basically, uh, when it comes to advantageous uh, uh, decision-making, uh, whatnot, uh, typically, so... Logic and reason is not so much what we think it is. You know, some people say I'm a logical person. From what I'm hearing, it's it's a it's a evolving tool. It's a an adaptive tool. That's something that in your experiences, you possibly were an emotional person, and due to circumstances and evolution, la- logic and rationale have sort of taken over. Hence, I guess the emergence of AI. If you can take the emotion out of things, um, we could probably survive longer and more as uh, as a race or something. So logically, this person does not have the capabilities to be able to think of like um, an advantageous outcome that to them, that outcome uh, they they probably have schematics and algorithms and stuff to prove that that outcome is most likely not an outcome. Um, it's kind of like if you take basketball or sport and analytics, you know, um, yo, let's go with our man Payne. My man Payne is hot. Or let's go with 
uh, whoever, they hot. Uh, besides the way, uh, I don't know if you saw uh, Lakers uh, getting um, uh, swept by the Denver Nuggets last night. Uh, LeBron had 40 in the first half. I don't know how much he scored in the second half. But I believe it was with the emergence of Mark Cuban. I do believe that uh, that was about 2016, uh, if I'm correct, uh, where they took the passion out of basketball and made it strictly uh, analytical and uh, defeated, I can't remember who it was, but I know LeBron James was on that team. Um, also, I think since the 1970s, uh, baseball has incorporated analytics into their game as well. Uh, more so taking out the passion and the emotion uh, just so that, you know, you can you can uh, survive. You're just trying to make it to the next round. Um, emotion sounds like it is something that is just God's given uh, ability um, and emotion is great, but there is, uh, I guess apparently a dark side to emotion where things are not so much laid out. Um, you don't know what the outcome might be. Um, I could be wrong. You're willing to buy that Mercedes Benz and buy the, that that, I don't know what's hot these days, uh, 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 Dior, uh, dress or outfit to go to work, um, to look amazing. Uh, we, we all know, man, if you work a full-time job, it's a bunch of bullshit. Like you have to pull up in that car. You have to wear that outfit. You have to live in this community that has nothing to do with work. Work is a bunch of bullshit. Um, you have to drink that Starbucks every morning. Uh, you have to have that lap dog. Um, so um, that person is more of an emotional person. They don't know the outcome, but they're willing to take that risk. And they tend to succeed more than um, logical uh, individuals uh, that are like, no, it's not logical for us to live in that community. It's not logical for us to drive that car. It's not logical for us to take that vacation or if we're going to buy that car, let's plan now and we can have it in three to six years. Let's plan now. and We can go on that vacation in six months. Uh, let's plan now and we can buy you that uh, Birkin bag or whatever is out there. Um, and they most likely uh, take a very wise and conservative approach to things and especially in advantageous situations where the outcome is unknown and they serve, they, they're more so concerned with surviving. However, um, there is a negative effect to emotions, which is you have to understand this is a situation where your gut feeling, which your stomach is a brain of its own. Uh, your gut feeling may not be necessary right now. Um, you see two children fighting and one of them kids are getting their ass whooped. I mean, that other kid is handing it to him and you walk up and it's your kid. I'm not talking about the one uh, beating up, the one that's getting beat up, uh, you know, and you are like, I'll, I'll, I'm fighting a kid today. I'm, you know how we were talking about earlier? People don't plan on going to jail. 
You call the police before you start whooping that kid's ass. And you say, hey, I want to let y'all know there is a grown person out here whooping some kid's ass. And um, uh, you, 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 you feel it. You like, whoo, boy, I'm about to whoop this kid's ass. Um, and sometimes maybe that kid needs it. Maybe they're a bully. Maybe they're a bully that's been terrorizing and they need that ass whooping. Or um, maybe you can say to yourself, hey, I know I'm a parent. I'm pissed off right now. My kid is crying and screaming and scared. But hey, let's see how we can handle this. And that's how you get those situations where uh, those two parents talk. You find out that the bully has been getting bullied at another school. Uh, used to come home with bruises on their forehead, uh, ripped shirts, ripped jeans, um, maybe single parent household. One of the parents recently just left. Um, and you find out really that that child is really a child of God, just a sweet child and just been in a bad situation. And on that day, maybe your child was cracking jokes, you know, boy, I'll roast your ass, you know, and your boy is getting the bus or whatever. Ah! They, the, they got the bus rumbling, roaring. Bus driver like, hey, everybody, shut the fuck down. Sit down. And they get off that bus and <laughs> your kid just getting it handed to him. And, uh, uh, you know, being able to sometimes take your emotion out of that situation uh, where you, that that immediate situation, uh, you you needed to let me see. You have to discover when your emotions can be useful and when they can be disruptive. So maybe noticing that your immediate emotion was maybe been disruptive for the situation, but overall your love and your passion for this child, uh, for God, for children, for all things, may have been the best angle to be able to long term with the unknown. Uh, conclusion able to make a good emotional and also logical uh, decision of, of I used to be a child once I know how it was I don't know what they fighting about but hey now on the other end you do know at the end of the day you got to go there and tell them hey listen I want to let you know you touch my kid one more time um but however uh, there is a benefit to emotional, but also it can be detrimental. For example, let's just say in the same scenario, you do go hit that kid and uh, that kid does hit their head and now they have neurological damage and now you're doing time for hitting a minor or something and hitting a kid. Uh, and you don't make those logical decisions like, man, I ain't even trying to be in jail today. You know what I'm saying? Because you're so hot. Um uh, so just making that logical decision, uh, even in my relationship, I've failed at making logical decisions sometimes. And uh, I'm not proud about it, but I have thrown things. I've thrown cell phones. I've punched uh, things. Um, uh, I, I'm not proud about it at all and did not realize that by me doing those things, uh, in a house full of, you know, women and children that that could be deemed as like scary. Like, Oh my gosh, this guy is going crazy. And to me, I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, I, I may hit a wall or something, but I didn't hit anybody. It's my damn house. I can hit whatever I want. 
Uh, but, you know, uh, and not to know that that could lead to possibly neighbors or my wife or my children uh, on their own uh, going to a police department or something saying, hey, you know, um, I'm having an issue at my home. And if I would have thought about that logically, I would have said, you know what, Chan, calm down, go take a walk. If things ain't working the way you want, you know, uh, go in different directions amicably. Um, and that you can continue your life compared to you getting pissed off at whatever it was, um, uh, whatever your partner did, whatever your children did, uh, that led you to get so hot that now, um, you're sitting in a cell with, um, <clears throat> a guy who, uh, has a, a, a split eye and, and screaming because some other guy dogged his shit and uh and he's screaming for medical attention because uh, his shit leaking and uh, uh the ceos are not even budging they just sitting there chilling and you're like damn this is about to go on all night long um compared to just being at home with your family and your friends your loved ones your community your even your colleagues at that point you may just want to hit up a colleague and go chill somewhere uh, on the other end, again, the logical rationale person tends to make their decisions more in survival and does not have a little bit of fun, not for lack of better words, does not have a little bit of adventure. Um, uh, so, uh, I can see myself on both ends of that. I can see myself being the person who would buy a home for my family. And then I see the market shoot up and I'm like, oh shit. Oh, our house kind of, you know, whew, we, we up there. We doing all right. Maybe we should sell and, uh, just, you know, kind of maybe look for a better home, you know, <laughs> or something. Um, if I had to lean, I would probably say I'm 60 percent. And remember, we didn't read the whole article. We only read like three paragraphs. I would say I'm probably 60 percent uh, rational logic, 40 percent love or, and emotion. Um now that may change in the situation. Like for example, uh, picking a, a, a stock. Oh, I found uh, this stock at a low price. I found it at thirty cents. I found it at three dollars. I know this is going to be the future. Um, I've been holding on to that stock for years. That stock uh, shoots up uh, three thousand um, percent, and. Um, because I have such a tie. I mean, that's my baby. I've been with that stock for, you know, I, I found that stock when it was nothing. Uh, and, and, and it may be time to sell. I may not want to sell. There's times where it changes. I'm like, nah, man. Um, I, I don't want to sell. Like I, that's, I, I got to show loyalty at this point. Uh, uh, because it, and also it could, it could go higher. Um, and then typically it'll crash. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, so. Um, it's important to know when to use your emotions in a situation. Uh, another situation is, um, for example, uh, let's say uh, me and my spouse decide that we're going to go ahead and go in different directions amicably, of course. Um, that, that's just funny to me because I hear the way people talk sometimes in the office and you're just like, what's all this bullshit? Um, so we decide that we're going to go in separate directions amicably. Uh, is it very possible that the reason why I do want to me personally going in a separate direction is because 
I don't want to spend any more money on bullshit uh, trying to rectify the situation. The more we try to rectify the situation, the more it seems that I'm spending money and we could easily just cease and desist this union. And I could just go ahead and cut what I have now in half and just, you know, skimmy rinky dinky dink do be gone. Um, you know, uh, and I mean, could have made more money, uh, could have rectified a, a lovely situation. But at the moment, I'm just like, you know what? I'd rather cut my ties now instead of having to put more G's down. And sometimes it may just be like, hey, take the logic and the rationale because you're doing this out of survival. And when you do things out of survival, a lot of times, in my personal opinion, I'm going on 26 minutes talking. Uh, I could be incorrect, uh, but from my perspective, um, I don't feel like I'm incorrect. Uh, which is we're we're not bringing God into this situation, let alone emotions, right? I'm talking to people who believe in God and and whatnot. Uh, if you don't believe in God, I, I don't. Uh, um, I'm, I'm that's this, but we're not bringing our faith into the situation. Uh, we're not saying like, hey, we should have more faith in our God. Uh, and then on the other end, um, we the emotion. It's not there. You love this person. Um, you love this person because you know when you were down and out of it, um, uh, or you know when when y'all were, you know, going through your arguments or whatever, you didn't diss this person on a bad day. You know, not I'm not just talking about that feeling, but when you were down and out, uh, and they kicked you when you were down, and one day they're down. Uh, you didn't just, you know, spit it in their face and you, you helped them up. And so, you know, you love this person. Uh, but when it comes to certain situations, uh, do you show love um, or do you show your logic and your reasoning? So love and investing is a very hard thing. Um, so even if you got your portfolio, you got it together, you have these stocks you've had for years. You love these stocks. It's 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 a, it's it's important to know when emotion is necessary and when it's disruptive um you know so you just want to keep that in in mind as well as emotional investing appears to lead to greater results uh in in investing due to um uh eliminating i guess like the decisions for uncertainty uh um you you tend to do a little bit uh, better. But on the other end, uh, how to avoid emotional investing, you know, other uh, website we were on, I say, you know, dollar cost average and things like that. And again, uh, I don't want to keep being redundant uh, and repetitive. But yeah, again, on the conservative end, you also have to remember that uh, it's a more of a uh, evolving, um, you know, thing for survival. Uh, and it does tend to lead to less gains. Uh, so what I'm getting from it is, Chan, man, you're an emotional person. I am. Um, just got to kind of channel it, you know. So, um, and I also do try to be uh, conservative as well. But again, if I had to agree where my conservative and my logic and rationale came from, it came over time, over uh, losses uh, that I've made, uh, being more fearful, Um it wasn't something that I don't think I was naturally born with. I think it was something that was like, okay. And you hear so much as a man, you hear so many people say it all the time. Ah, you're thinking what your heart, think with your brain. 
Uh, stop being so emotional. Ah, oh, you sound like a bitch. You know, uh, so you try to be like, okay, how am I supposed to think? What What's logical? Uh, what's rationale? Like, what is that? Yeah, I was that person that uh, if I saw something wrong, uh, that's wrong. Okay, so been talking for about 30 minutes. Uh, again, want to thank anybody, everybody who decided to take time out of their wonderful day to come kick it with your man, Chan. Um, just want to let you know, God bless you. I love you. Uh, thank you uh, for um, uh, the audience members uh, that have used their devices uh, to uh, listen to this, even if it was just for 60 seconds. Uh, so um going to going to just keep trying to keep the content coming going to try to uh get it sh- get it shrunk down uh I'll try I'm trying my best uh but we'll get there um other things going on I'm pretty sure there's going to be interest rates increases uh things like that we'll get to it um uh inflation housing uh we got to get to accounting accounting has kind of been uh sleeping right now economics has kind of been taking over uh regulation Got to talk about that as well as cryptocurrency. There's so many things that we got to go over. Um, we're taking our time. No rush. No rush. Slow and steady winning this race. All right. Love y'all. Take it easy, Chairman. House of Barf.